Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Hey, Edwin. We're started in February again, right? Isn't that what we pointed out? Yes, and I want to say happy Groundhog Day to you, my friend. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Happy Groundhog Day. So you actually went home and looked it up. Depending on when you're listening to our podcast, you may or may not know if Puxatani Phil saw his shadow today. Yes. And whether or not winter will be extended many more weeks. Mm. But you know, we've we, already had more winter in February than I'm used to. I can tell you that. In, well, in February, in, listen, in Florida is what I meant. Well, we I got to say, here, here's the deal about Florida. You know, no matter what that groundhog saw, we know it's, it's going to be pretty mild, pretty delightful here in Florida. <laughs> this is that time of year when you're like, why would you live anywhere except for Florida? It's wonderful. Oh, here. I know. I mean, and at this point, when, when we're recording it, We've already had, like I said, the hardest winter since I've been here, which which means there's been two days that it got down into the 50s. Well, yeah, <laughs> maybe and the 40s. And a couple of nights got down into the 30s. I had to go cover up my citrus trees. Yeah, uh, my wife did. I won't take credit. She's yeah. she's certainly she's a hard those. worker in that house. She does, and she cares about her little trees. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyway, so you when you compare that to those poor folks up in Pennsylvania, you know, Indiana, yeah. Michigan, all the northern, all Alaska. those Yankees, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you get you get the the cabin fever because you've been locked in so long because there's already so much snow and it's already so cold and there's been a polar vortex and you start doing things like looking at groundhogs for hope for relief. <laughs> and who knows? Maybe in the middle of all that, you listen to text talk. Yeah, maybe you do, and because so, it warms the heart. <laughs> So maybe, maybe we should go ahead and get into that. How about you go ahead and read Psalm 75? Which one are you reading it from? All right. So I have the Christian Standard Bible here, uh, formerly the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Psalm 75. For the choir director, do not worry. A psalm of Asaph, a song. We give thanks to you, God. We give thanks to you, for your name is near. People tell about your wonderful works. When I choose a time, I will judge fairly. When the earth and all its inhabitants shake, I am the one who steadies its pillars. I say to the boastful, do not boast. And to the wicked, do not lift up your horn. Do not lift up your horn against heaven or speak arrogantly. Exaltation does not come from the east, the west, or the desert. For God is the judge. He brings down one and exalts another. For there is a cup in the Lord's hand full of wine blended with spices and he pours from it all the wicked of the earth will drink draining it to the dregs as for me i will tell about him forever i will sing praise to the god of jacob i will cut off all the horns of the wicked but the horns of the righteous will be lifted up okay let's revisit what we talked about yesterday in the first part of our conversation regarding issues of translation and translation philosophy because i yeah. do think there's a little place here where people who uh, throw stones shouldn't live in glass houses so for this christian standard bible i think it does on that spectrum they they have attempted more for the uh, essentially literal, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they definitely have. Yeah, they definitely have. But here's the thing that what what the CSB there demonstrates is actually where 
the New King James and the English Standard made some decisions because of a difficulty, Mm -hmm. trying to smooth out the difficulty. And I don't think they were wrong for doing that, but I think it's, it's, it's one of the places where we should take a warning that before we spend all, I should take a warning before I spend all my time belittling some translation that makes some choices about pronouns to, to, to try to get the message across. I need to remember because here, go ahead and read verse one there in the CSB again. Sure. We give thanks to you, God. We give thanks to you for your name is near. People tell about your wondrous works. Okay. So here in the ESV, let me see if you can catch a difference. We give thanks to you, O God. We give thanks for your name is near. We recount your wondrous deeds. Okay. So so I don't know if you caught the difference, but in that last line, what the CSB has is people recount your wondrous deeds. Mm -hmm. What the ESV has is we recount your wondrous deeds. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is, is that the word that is there, the pronoun or the verb, the verb that's there on recounting is actually a third person verb. So okay. like a they? They recount. Okay. Okay. And the, the, the verbs for we give thanks and we give thanks are first person. We. We. Recount is they. They. They recount. So okay. instead of saying they recount, we're, it, it was the word people recount. Okay. People tell here in the Christian right. Standard Bible. Okay. So what ESV has done is gone ahead and continued the first person, we, 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 because it's confusing. Why would it be we give thanks, we give thanks, now they recount? Who's mm-hmm. the they? Who's the they? And basically what the CSB has recognized is, well, the they would be a means of expressing the people. The You know, those, all the people are going to do this. Mm-hmm. Now, what the New King James did with it yeah. is they kind of tried to avoid it altogether. Yeah. Go ahead and read what it, it says there. It's not a they or a, or a people here. In 75 verse 1, we give thanks to you, O God, we give thanks for your wondrous works declare that your name is near. Right. So what they've done is they've tried to take... take they recounting, but has assigned it to the wondrous works itself. Yeah, which I as, as opposed the to declaring. Yeah, yeah which is the object works. of the sentence, not the subject, and so it's not the wondrous deeds that are actually declaring. That's it's the wondrous deeds that are being declared. Mm-hmm. So again, th- this is why translation is um, an art. Mm-hmm. It's it's why we do have to be careful when we get really judgy about translations because look there are questions that we have to ask here's a little difficulty why does it go from first to third person and then even i also thought as you were reading read what it says in verse five again in the csb csb verse five says do not lift up your horn against heaven or speak arrogantly and they we've been discussing this all week they have that as would be the Lord speaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, so that's good. So the ESV, do not lift up your horn on high or speak with haughty neck. Mm-hmm. So now here's my question. What on earth does it mean to speak with haughty neck? And see, that neck thing comes from with the New King James because they used stiff neck. Yeah. I, do not speak with a stiff neck. So here's a question. So here's an idiom. Here's yeah. an idiom that is used that's not an idiom we use. It's not a metaphor or a figure we... What on earth does it mean to speak with a haughty neck or a stiff neck? And so what the CSB has opted for is, well, what they mean is don't speak arrogantly. Mm-hmm. And so some folks, oh, that's not literal. That's not literally what it says. We need to have the literal words, except for if the literal words are don't speak with a haughty neck. And I have no idea what it means to speak with a haughty neck. Correct. Now I've actually missed what the verse means. Yeah. yeah. And so again... You know, yeah, let's be careful, but let's maybe avoid just the the super hyper judgment that a lot of people have given on different translations. And I would I want to give a word of encouragement to our listeners, to just Christians in general. 
it's true that the first time we get exposed to some of these idioms, we think, what? Yeah. <laughs> but the more you read the Bible, the more you become familiar with some of these idioms, you will learn them too. You will get them too. And so there's... At first, there can be some challenge to understanding these things, but you don't give up, yeah. right? And, and and things like a stiff-necked people, uh, you'll find out, well, actually, God calls Israel that quite a few times. Yeah. That's an idiom you're going to learn, and, and you will hear this again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let me share with you an idiom. Okay, I, I hope we—I <laughs> know we had some things that we wanted to talk about. We may end up missing eh, that. This but... is better. <laughs> this, so, is, this is organic. So, that's, yeah. what, that's, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Just proof again, not scripted. So let me share with you an idiom that did that in most translations has not been um, explained. Sure. And I think it's caused all kinds of problems that nobody even knows that it's a problem. Well, and that's in Psalm 23. Okay. There's a the statement, "Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death." Uh-huh. Okay. It's pretty well known. That one is really well known, and most people okay. take that as a reference to I'm, I'm possibly going to die. I'm in danger of dying, or maybe I'm at a funeral. Okay. I mean, Psalm 23 gets read at funerals a lot. It does. And usually because of, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. There's the comfort and the guide in that. We often bring it up when folks are close to death because of, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Yeah. But here's the thing. The, the shadow of death actually is an idiom that just means really, really dark. Hmm. And so what that is saying is even though I walk through the really dark valley, even though I'm walking through a valley where I can't see your rod and your staff comfort me, it's the Mm -hmm. idea that I can have direction even when I'm in a place where I can't see what's coming next. Now, by the way, that would apply to... Yeah, I'm, you I'm can close see to death. I'm at a funeral. Sure. So, so I'm not saying that it's wrong to make those connections, yeah. but the connection actually gets there from a different place. This this concept of the shadow of death is, and this valley of it's deep darkness. Now, I know there are some translations that's what they call it, the valley of deep darkness. Mm-hmm. And some folks would get really upset. Well, that's not what it literally says. Yeah, but that is what it means. That that is what yeah. that thing means. And we've got when when you trace, and of course, I wasn't expecting us to talk about this, so I don't have with me. But like Job uses that shadow of death to refer to darkness and how mm-hmm. dark it is and the and the you know how we'll often say it's darkest right before the dawn yeah so this this shadow of death is used to describe that same thing in some of the the prophets and the poetic statements about the night and how dark it gets mm. before god's light shines yeah. in so again there's an idiom and uh well, most people, most translators have opted not to give what it actually means, just to translate, here's the words, and it's actually caused some misunderstandings yeah. for lots and lots of people. Mm-hmm. I just think that's an interesting thing to point out. Yeah. So, and it is. So we've done some idioms. We've done some Groundhog Day. Can we, uh, <laughs> is there is there an inclusio or a chiasm in this one? Maybe we can bring, we, we can really win the text talk bingo today. Oh, I don't know. you know what? I'm checking, I'm checking uh, the, uh, the live feed here <laughs> and it says Puxatani Phil has now covered his ears. He doesn't want any more of this program. <laughs> no. He's gone inside. He's run away. You know what? Look, let's real quick. Here's what, here's what I really get from Psalm 75 that I, that I was hoping we'd talk about today, but I really appreciate oh, moving yeah, into that we more. Were, we were 
talking about the they's and the we's and yeah. the I's. Yeah. It, what directed me towards recognizing this thing about the pronouns is yeah. that how does the how does the psalm begin? The psalm begins with we are going to give thanks. We are going to give thanks. People are going to recount your wonder deeds. And the next place where we find the psalmist talking, or for sure, you know, we're, we're almost everybody agrees that it's the psalmist breaking in again is in verse nine. But I will declare it forever. I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. What a powerful thing we have here in this psalm, which is God's response, mm-hmm. where the psalmist speaks, it's about, I'm going to give thanks and I'm going to give praise. And I just wanted to remember that I need to give thanks and I need to give praise. Yeah. It's good to do it by myself. It's so important to do it communally with the congregation, with the church when they come together for worship. Uh, it is what we are created to do. We are made his people to bring him his praises, proclaim his praises. Did you notice, this is interesting to me, because we are talking about this as being God's response, and especially in the Psalms, it's, it's, it's practically pictured as the response to the previous Psalm. What we have is God's verbal response. I am going to take care of this at the right time. Yeah. We don't have his actual response. He hasn't taken care of it yet. Mm. That appropriate time hasn't happened yet. Sure, it would be easy to give thanks and praise after he's delivered and after he has judged with equity the enemies. But right now, all we have in this psalm is God saying, look, trust me, I'm going to do it. And what does that produce in the psalmist? You know what? I'm going to thank God. Yeah. He told me he's going to. Praise, I believe him. Praise and wondrous works going to share those things. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, how about we go ahead and wrap up a little bit with a little bit of praise ourselves? Holy God, we give thanks to you. We have not yet seen eternity, but we know, Father, that you are guiding us and leading us there, and we surrender and submit to your Son, Jesus, our King, and the power that he has for us and your Holy Spirit, the, the word that you have given us that directs our hearts and minds and our steps, and we give you thanks and praise. We recount your wondrous deeds, the creation, the call of your people, the deliverance from Egypt, walking through the Red Sea and watching Pharaoh's army be destroyed, the promised land being cleared out, Goliath being killed, Daniel saved from the lion's den, and all of this leading to the wondrous work of your son, coming forth from the grave, resurrected, and we look forward. We, we, we haven't experienced it yet, but we look forward knowing that you are going to bring us to resurrection. And so we thank you and we praise you and we will tell of your wondrous deeds to all the people. It's through your son who did die on the cross, was buried, and rose on the third day that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.